0: We've been exploring over the last couple of weeks what it means to be part of this family. If, if you're new to us, if you're visiting today, then, then what you've just watched is, is our church family, regions beyond, 180 churches across 28 nations. And we've been exploring how we can fulfill our call to make Jesus known all around the world. And that call is nothing new. That's been the call that followers of Jesus have had from the, the very beginning from the pages of Scripture this small group of followers of Jesus being commissioned to go and tell people the good news of Jesus, to take this call seriously. And we see the good news travel from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria and then further on. And by the end of the, the Bible, we've seen that the gospel, the good news of Jesus has spread into Africa and into Europe. And now we have Christians all over the world, including in Hull in 2023, Because people have taken this call seriously. And one of these people was the Apostle Paul that Phil shared about last week. And at the end of the book of Acts, we find Paul is in Rome. And the gospel has arrived in mainland Europe. Paul was just a a serial church planter. Establishing new communities of faith is what he did. And for most of his ministry, Paul has been based in a place called uh, Antioch. And Antioch is where we find followers of Jesus or followers of the way first being called Christians. And from Antioch, Paul and uh, his co-workers, they went on three road trips, traveling by land and sea to go to strategic cities throughout the Roman Empire. And in each city, what Paul's custom was, he would go to the synagogue to his people, the Jews, and he would share that Jesus is the messianic king that they'd been waiting for. Some believed and followed, but many didn't. Uh, Many found Paul's teachings offensive, misleading, even dangerous, and often he would get kicked out, there would be violence, there were sometimes even riots. People would try and kill him because they disliked so much what he had to say. And when Paul's message was rejected from the synagogue what he would do is he would go and set up in the local market for his trade was a tent maker. And he would work, he would sell, sell tents to cover his travel expenses and whilst he did that he shared the good news of Jesus with anyone who would listen. And many couldn't accept Paul's teachings because it could easily be heard that he was trying to bring down the whole political order. He visited Roman cities, and the worship of gods held together Roman culture. People believed that it was the gods that kept their cities safe. Temple worship was, was just part of their economy. It made their culture tick. And Paul started coming along, and he was announcing that Jesus is the new king. They would call, he, he would be called, given titles like Lord or Son of God, the very titles that people used to refer to the emperor of Rome. Paul was undermining a whole way of living because basically he's saying if if Jesus is king, then it changes everything. And whilst it was easier for Paul to be ignored, it was easy just to kick him out of town. They simply couldn't ignore his message because they saw how these followers of Jesus, how these Christians lived their lives. These followers of Jesus lived as if Jesus truly was the king. One of the main ways that that stood out Was that the way that they treated each other they, they joined together because of their love of Jesus Communities are created where people were treated equal Regardless of ethnicity, regardless of gender or economic status These Christians actually loved one another They formed new families that would eat together. They would care for one another. They would care for the poor. They would live sacrificially. And so as Paul travelled around sharing these messages, people started following Jesus and creating these communities of faith. People becoming new kinds of humans transformed by the love of Jesus. Paul would teach them the way of Jesus. Then he would leave them to go to another city. Paul was focused on planting new churches. And over the last couple of weeks, you've heard that call that we are to be a people who go. There are many places that need to be reached as we go to the places and the regions beyond us. But whilst Paul is constantly focused on going, he does so with one eye looking back. He wants to ensure that what he has helped establish thrives after he has left. We read in scripture, he often goes back and he revisits places or he writes letters to them to support, to encourage, to challenge them. Because Paul knows that the message of Christ falls down if the community of his followers are not living the way of Christ. Why would anyone want to become a Christian? Why would anyone want to join this community of faith if all they see is dysfunction? Now, it's important to say the church is not perfect. It is full of broken people like me. And we're going to make mistakes. We're going to make a mess at times. What we have to show the world is that we are a people following Jesus, loving one another, making mistakes and yet being full of grace and compassion for one another, caring for those who are without, welcoming in the stranger. This is family. And Paul knew that this being family is not not something that he can do himself, that it is something that the whole church needs to take ownership of. I cannot, Phil cannot, our leadership team cannot fulfill the call of God alone but this is about us all being family and about us together fulfilling the call that God has for us. Everyone has their part to play. Paul wanted to equip the church so that they could live as this community of faith even when he wasn't with them. And in one of Paul's trips, he finds himself traveling from Corinth to Ephesus, which is modern day Turkey. And I just wanna read us his encounter. This is in Acts 19. If you've got a Bible, we're gonna read Acts 19 verses one to 10. When Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he asked them, Do you receive the Holy, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one who was coming after him, that is, in Jesus'. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Spirit, Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 11 men in all. Paul entered the synagogue, and he spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. And then went on for two years so that all Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Paul arrives and he finds this group of believers. He does a bit of digging to find out how they came to know about Jesus and then he prays for them. They're filled with the Holy Spirit and then Paul does his normal thing. He heads to the synagogue to begin to share about the good news of Jesus with the Jews in the city. He finds that this message is not received but then we find that he adopts a different strategy to that that he had before normally out the synagogue to the marketplace or move and then move on to the next place But instead here he takes 12 new followers and he heads to the lecture hall of Tyrannus and Paul then spends two years with this group of men discussing faith, teaching them the way of Jesus. And it says that within two years all of the Jews and the Greeks had heard the word of the Lord. So Paul, who up to this point has moved from place to place not staying too long, he sets up for two years and invests in the people there. Just like Jesus Chooses 12 men, invests three years in teaching them the way of the kingdom before releasing them to do the same. You know, the effectiveness of the family is not found in one or two gifted individuals being supported by the rest of us. But it is about equipping and releasing each person within our church family. Because one thing about family is that it only grows if it reproduces. You see, you can talk about family as much as you want, but if we're not raising, equipping, releasing disciples of Jesus, then we will never grow as a family. Everything we have shared over the last two weeks about regions beyond and who we are and this call to go falls down if we are not reproducing. Yeah, we can plant a couple of churches. We can evangelise a small small amount of people with a few gifted individuals. But if we're truly to go to the regions beyond... Truly to be Jesus' witnesses to the ends of the earth, as we're instructed in Acts 1-8, then we need to mobilize as a whole family into action. How do we mobilize as a family? Firstly, it takes time. Paul spends time getting to know these men. He invests two years in training them. He could have been off visiting more areas, but he knew that by investing in these men, by staying, the gospel would have a greater impact in the years to come. Jesus knew the same. John fourteen twelve, Jesus says truly truly I say to you whoever believes in me will also do the works I do and greater works than these he will do because I am going to the father now Jesus did some pretty amazing things I'm not sure many of us have walked on water or raised the dead any any hands So what I think Jesus is saying here is that when, as believers, we are filled with the Spirit following the way of the kingdom, we can expect that the kingdom of God will go further than Jesus saw whilst he was walking the earth. That it will reach to the ends of the earth as he promised. Jesus knew the growth of his kingdom was going to come through a family, his church. That was God's plan. Jesus tells Peter in Matthew 16 that I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it you know if you've been hurt by church if you've been failed by church if church has not been all that it should be then I am sorry but please do not give up on this family because it is Jesus plan his church is his plan to reach the world with his love he has a plan for each of us we are all part of a body and we each have a role to play and if we're gonna all play our part then we need to give ourselves to being equipped it takes time part of my role as a a father to my children is to equip them for life the aim is not not that they are reliant on me forever it really isn't (laughs) but once they are equipped then I am able to release them I don't just kick my five year old out the door and say come on I've given you five years go on go and do it a part of it is I equip him till he is ready, but then I release him. The same is true for us as a church. There is a time when we are infants in the faith. We are learning what it is to follow Jesus. And whilst we never stop learning, we do grow in maturity, where we no longer need the support as we did before. Paul addresses this in 1 Corinthians 3, 1-2. to Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. We're all in that position at one point where we need more care and support. We're learning to what it is to live in a new kingdom. If you're exploring faith today, if you've maybe joined our Alpha course, it's good to have questions. There's no daft question. Alpha is a great place to explore that and to go, what are you guys on about? It's good. If you're new to faith, you're going to get it wrong. If you're new to faith, you're going to feel like you're failing at times. Lean into those who are around you who are more mature. Have people around you who have followed Jesus for years. The Bible tells us that God gives gifts to his church. Fousey in the video refers to them, Ephesians 4, to 13. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. God gives his family gifts so that they can mature. My role it's to help build up the church so it may become mature. Notice that my role is one of equipping. My role is one of releasing, and it is not one of you serving me. My job is to do is not to do everything, but it is equip, to equip you for the work that God has called us and you to do. But as well as these Ephesians 4 gifts, he gives us each other. Our role is, as family is to help each other become mature. I want to specifically speak to those who have followed Jesus for many years, and I'm going to try and not look too closely at people so they don't get offended. But those who are older here, who have followed Jesus for years, we need you. We need mothers and fathers in the faith. A reproducing family needs mothers and fathers who are raising children well. They're equipping them for life. They're equipping them for all that God has for them. You know, as a younger leader... I'm aware that it can cause those who are older in years to feel like they don't have a role to play here. That's a complete lie. And without you, we are weaker. Without you, we will not fulfill God's call for us to go to the regions beyond. And to you who are younger, either in years or in faith, you need those who are more mature. Seek them out. Be intentional about the relationships that you build. Give permission for people to speak into your life. I need those people who are going to challenge and correct me when I get it wrong. You know that need those people too. And so it takes time to be mobilized as family. We need to be intentional. But then there is a time when we are mobilized and we need to be released. Paul eventually leaves those he has trained. He doesn't stay at the house, the lecture hall of Tyrannus forever. Before he leaves Ephesus, he sends two of those he has trained, Timothy and Erastus. He tends them into Macedonia. He tells them to go and build on the work that they have started. He releases those he has equipped. We then see a riot starts in Ephesus. Paul gathers his disciples still there. He encourages them, and then he travels to Macedonia himself. And whilst we want to be a church that equips, we always have to remember why we are being equipped. We don't just put on training courses so that we can be like personal developers. This isn't CPD. No, we are, this is not about building a big house for this family. It's not what it's about. This is about raising up, equipping, and releasing more and more disciples so that new places and new people can be reached with the good news of who Jesus is that may be local as we send people to be involved in ministries in this area it may be in the region it may be in the nation it may even be to the nations of the world for Paul that meant equipping many but we see such intentionality especially with his relationship with Timothy Paul is mentors Timothy. He, he recognizes his need that he is not going to be there forever. He needs someone who he is training so that he can build on the work that Paul began way after his life and ministry is over. He meets Timothy. He intentionally invests in him. He helps develop in him. And then he releases him into all that God has called him to. If you are leading in any capacity in this church, how are you investing in the next generation? I am here because people, people like Steve and others, were intentional in training me, in developing me, in releasing me. This is not a leadership tract. That's not what Paul was doing with Timothy. This is born out of love and relationship. This isn't a program that the church does, but it is about being family. And when you are family, you want those who are n- younger in faith to, and those you are raising to go further than you've ever been. You want to push them into all that God has for them. You want, them to, see, you want to see them doing stuff that you only dreamt about. Paul didn't want to do it all himself. Titus 1.5, the reason I left you in Crete was that you might put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. Paul could have finished the work. He doesn't because he wants to see others stepping up, those he has trained, stepping up. Every person has their part to play in the family. But Paul also recognises that the family must be well led. Although it's, it's not my job to do everything, it is my job to do something. Paul knew that a family will always be dysfunctional if those who are leading are not of right character. He then continues in uh, Titus 1, 6-9, An elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife, a man whose children believe and are open to the charge of being wild or disobedient. Since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable." one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can, he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Notice that it doesn't refer to qualifications. This is all about character. Now, it, the ability to teach Refers to, you know, it refers to the ability to teach. And so there is this, they need to have sound teaching. There's nothing wrong with education. But character is vital because so often the church qualifies the wrong people. It happens in the world and therefore we can expect it to happen in the church. We celebrate success and we justify poor character if it yields the right results. We see, we, you know not have to turn on like any kind of Christian media or Google the church now, and you will see a succession of church leaders who have looked successful, but then there have been reports of abusive behavior, sinful lifestyle, bad character coming out. And we have overlooked sound character because it's yielded the results that we want to see. Titus 1 gives you what the, the character that is expected of a leader. I think it's something that we're all called to, by the way, that, those characteristics but especially those God appoints to lead. Now, we're not perfect. I am definitely not perfect. At times, leaders will make mistakes, but the question is, are they open to correction? Are they quick to seek forgiveness? At Jubilee, I have the privilege of leading the team, but I need team. We have our elders and deacons. They are ready to listen to you if I fail to take my responsibilities seriously. We have trustees who oversee the church to ensure that we are faithful stewards of what God has entrusted to us, that we act with integrity when it comes to the laws of this land. We want to create a culture that is transparent, that is servant-hearted, that cares for the family and releases releases it to be all that it can be for the kingdom. God has called us to our area of influence. We are a small part of what God is doing in this city we're an even smaller part of what god is doing in this nation we are a tiny part of what god is doing in the nations but we do believe that god has given us a role to play and we do believe that means that everything we do is significant that what we do does matter That we have a role to play being family and being a family that demonstrates to the world around us what it means to follow Jesus and what living in the kingdom of God looks like. If people were to look at us and say, Wow, you do act like Jesus really is the King. May we be there for one another. May we care for one another. May we look after the poor. May we encourage one another. May we live sacrificially together. May we equip and release one another. And together, may we be the church family that makes people want to be part of us. May we be magnetic to the world around us, just like the early church was. Would you stand with me? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, We thank you that it is your plan that your glory will be revealed to the earth through your church. Thank you for every single church that represents you across the nations. We pray for every church in this city who represents you. Lord, we pray that your kingdom would come in every area of our world. Lord, as we've prayed for the Middle East, would your kingdom come in that area as it is in heaven. Would your kingdom come in this city as it is in heaven? And Lord, I pray that you would help us. Help us. We know we make so many mistakes, but help us to be a family that demonstrates who you are to the world around us. Lord, where we need to soften our hearts, where we've been hurt by people, where we've given up on being invested, where we feel like we maybe don't have anything to bring, Lord, I pray you would lift our eyes again to the beauty of your church. You would lift our eyes again to the beauty of what you have in store for it. That you would help each of us see our role to play and you would help us together, united as family, to demonstrate that kingdom to every person that we meet. In Jesus' name, amen.